What a joy to continue on with this conversation with Robert Morgan on his book, Then Sings My Soul. One of my favorite books that I actually buy and give to people when I feel like they really need some encouragement, some, you know, some joy in their heart. Robert, why did you do this book? Why? Well, I love the great classic hymns of the faith. But too many churches are just going with the new music and not still including uh, the hymns of the faith. I speak in a lot of places at a lot of different events and churches, and we just cannot afford to lose how great thou art and great is thy faithfulness and all the way my Savior leads me and rejoice the Lord is King and Christ the Lord is risen today. These classic hymns that have endured for centuries are on the verge of being lost. And the stories behind the hymns are wonderful as well as the hymns themselves. And so I wrote that just to keep people familiar and to help them to fall in love with the great hymns of the faith. You know, my favorite one is It Is Well With My Soul. Of course, my, mm-hmm. fa- my, my top favorite one is How Great Thou Art. Yeah. That's what it is. I lost my, my, my mind for a minute. <laughs> That's called senior moments. Well, no, the chorus, the chorus is so beloved. Then sings my soul, my savior, God to thee, how great thou art. That sometimes we get that tag phrase in the chorus and the title confused, but we know it by either by either phrase. Yes. It's a great song. It was really introduced to the world in the Billy Graham Crusades back in the 1950s. And instantly all over the world, it became a tremendous favorite. And we just can't lose uh, a song like How Great Thou Art or like It Is Well With My Soul. Yeah. Your favorite. I love that. You know what? I love the story behind it. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Yes. The man's name was Spafford who wrote it. He had gone through a great deal uh, of difficulty um, and uh, lost everything in the Chicago fire. And uh, Horatio Spafford and his wife, Anna, decided that they would take their children, uh, their surviving children, uh, to Europe. But at the last minute, he wasn't able to go. So he sent them on ahead on a ship called the Ville de Hoeve. And that ship sunk in the middle of the Atlantic. And all four of his children drowned, uh, four girls. And only his wife was saved barely. She was plugged out of the ocean, clinging uh, to some timber. And um, he went to join her. And it was during that cruise over uh, that he realized, uh, well, you know, there's this phrase that comes out of the Old Testament. When Elisha says to the woman, um, Elijah, I guess, says to the woman, is it well with the child? And she said, it is well, even though the child had passed away. And that phrase, it is well with my soul, came to him. And he wrote that music and that well he wrote the hymn and later philip bliss put it to music but it's a powerful powerful hymn and another one that we can't lose when peace like a river attendeth my way when sorrows like sea billows roll whatever my lot thou has taught me to say it is well it is well with my soul even through all that loss he still was singing the joy to the lord Mm -hmm. um so so many great hymns in here 
Can you tell me maybe one or two of your favorite stories that go with the hymns? And there's a there's a story behind all these hymns. That's the greatest part about this book. You get the hymn and you get the story behind it. So um, probably my favorite hymn is by Joachim Neander, uh, who is a German pietist. And it says, praise ye the Lord, the almighty, the king of creation. Oh, my soul, praise him for he is thy health and salvation. All ye who... Here now to his temple, draw near, join me in glad adoration. I would sing it for you, but I don't have a good singing voice. But um, it was written, Joachim Neander was a young man who was uh, a pastor in Germany, and he was uh, not well, uh, but he loved nature, and he would go hiking through uh, a valley. They called it a tall, uh, and when he died, they named that valley for him, Neander Tall. Um, in English, it's T-H, but it's pronounced in German with a T, Neanderthal. And later, they found some, and, it, and so this was a great hymn of creation. Praise ye the Lord, the Almighty, the um, um, maker of, of, of creation, the, the king of creation. Well, it was later that people found in that valley some bones that they said was the missing link in the evolutionary chain. And they uh, they found in that valley it became the Neanderthal man, and uh -huh. later it was it was proven that it had nothing to do with the missing link, you know. But it was very interesting that that man who wrote the great creation hymn should have his name, uh, solid, shall we say, uh, by an evolutionary mistake, huh. uh, or by mistake by evolutionary. Uh, uh, philosophers and, and pseudoscientists. But here's the thing that I want to tell you. When my wife was so very sick, we thought she was dying. We took her to Vanderbilt Hospital. Um, we were able to bring her home and she had about uh, another four weeks with us. But the night after I brought her home, we had a, series, a, a group of German musicians that came to our house for supper. I catered it. Katrina was able to do it, uh, not to cater it, but to, to be there in her wheelchair um, and to talk with them. And, and so they wanted to, uh, to talk about hymnody, and we talked about hymns. And I said to them, our favorite German hymn is Praise Ye the Lord the Almighty. And they instantly started singing it. And one of my best memories of the last days of my wife's life is sitting there, and I've got a videotape of it, but sitting there and watching her just beam joy as these Germans all around her were singing in German this great hymn, Praise ye the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Mm -hmm. Oh, my soul, praise him, for he is thy help and salvation. So that's not only the story behind the hymn, but a very personal connection with that hymn that, that I have. Making me cry over here behind these glasses. <laughs> I know you had a wonderful marriage with your wife. And um, and I, I personally want to thank you for sticking by her and, you know, loving her the way you did. And well, uh, it, it went both ways. And let me tell you something else. About two or three days before she died, I was lifting her into bed. She wasn't able. She wasn't thinking real clearly. But suddenly she started reciting something. And I listened and she was saying, um, 
my gracious master and my God, assist me to proclaim, to spread through all the world abroad the honors of thy name. Well, that was a stanza from Charles Wesley's hymn, Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing. Now, this is what I really want to say. Contemporary Christian music is, some of it, much of it, is very, very good. And I listen to it, and I like to sing it in church. But the songs right now are not lasting very long. We sing them a lot for a couple of months, or maybe four or five months at most, and then they disappear, mm -hmm. and they're replaced by others. The industry is just pushing one to make room for the other. So people are not singing songs over a period of decades. And it's only when you sing a song over a period of decades, all of your life, you sing it, you know, when you're 10, you sing it when you're 20, you sing it when you're 30, you sing it when you're 40, you sing it when you're 50, you sing it when you're 60, that those words become really a part of your internal worship patterns. And so the reason that I, uh, that we love to sing, oh, for a thousand tongues and great is thy faithfulness and these wonderful hymns is because they are songs we sing not just for three or four months, but all of our lives. And if they are excluded from churches, and all we're doing is singing the top hits that come and go, we are failing to build into people's lives long-term worship patterns that will be increasingly important as they get older. Yes. So it's for that reason more than anything else. It's not that I don't like contemporary Christian music. It's that I love it, but it doesn't last. It just is not lasting. Yeah. Um, except for maybe one or two songs by uh, Keith um, um, Keith Getty. Uh, you know, the, the modern music comes and goes, but we need some, and we need to sing it but we need to make sure we are blending in songs that we'll be singing over the decades as well. To me, that is so important. It's, it's very important. And, you know, it's almost like what you're saying, I related to almost like studying scripture yeah. because, you know, when you're in the lowest part of your life, like I, like I said, you know, in the, in the interview, um, I, I my friend Rose, you know, she gets on her piano and she's, you know, she's talking, she's singing to the Lord, but mm -hmm. she's singing hymns that she knew that were ingrained in her. Like I couldn't, I couldn't tell you like the words to, to a contemporary. Yeah. I don't remember any of right. them, but if somebody puts it up on a thing, I'll sing it. And yeah. but I, because I ha I can see the words, but, but what's ingrained in your heart and your soul are the, the things that like are deep, the deep things of God. Oh, Absolutely. A, a good hymn is a miniature Bible study versified and set to music. So next to meditating on scripture, meditating on the words of the great hymns is the most mentally beneficial, therapeutic thing we can do. And there are some times when I'll take a long walk and I'll just be singing those hymns to myself. Oh, God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come. Be thou our guide while life shall last and our eternal home. Or how firm a foundation ye saints of the Lord is laid for your faith in his excellent word. What more can he say than to you he hath said, you who unto Jesus for refuge have fled? Or and can it be that I should gain an interest in my Savior's 
I mean, I could go on and on that and say, but if we don't know the words, then we can't meditate on them. Uh, and and we can't sing ourselves to sleep at night and and we can't sing them to ourselves as we take a long walk. Now, I know we have all of this electronics that can help us with it now, and I use it. Uh, I have songs, you know, I have my list of favorite hymns, but there's nothing, just because you have it on your device doesn't mean that it's radiating in your heart. And we never know when we may be on a hospital bed and and the thing that comes back to us is amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. And the Holy Spirit uses that to comfort us. So, so we need to sing and to learn and to save and to share the great hymns of the faith. And that's, I hope that then sings my soul. We actually have three volumes, book one, book two, and book three. So I'm hoping that that will, will help with this crusade that I'm in to, to sing, share, and save the hymns. Absolutely. Save the hymns. Well, can you tell people where they can get Then Sings My Soul and the other volumes? It's wherever books are sold. I also have a video course on the history of hymnody uh, that people can find at my website, which is robertjmorgan.com. All of my books are there, all of the resources, my blog is there, my podcast is there. So at robertjmorgan.com, we have all of my books, but these books can be found wherever people get their books. It's just the set, Then Sings My Soul, books one, two, and three. And I think they'll be a great blessing. They also make a wonderful set of gifts. Yes, it would, because I give them out. (laughs) So, so, you know, what would you like to leave the audience with about the great hymns? Well, my favorite morning hymn is actually, it comes from a medieval Catholic source. um, And when I was a student at Columbia Bible College in 1971 through 74, they had a little campus radio station and the signal ran through the wires of the building. Uh, It was just a little local, you know, sort of on-campus thing. Uh, But they would come on, the bells would ring to wake us up every morning at 6.15. This was, you know, back in the 70s and things were regulated. And the, uh, the song, And so I would turn that little radio station on, the campus radio station, and the opening song every morning was this old Catholic hymn that says, When morning gilds the skies, my heart awakening cries, may Jesus Christ be praised. Alike at work and prayer, to Jesus I repair, may Jesus Christ be praised. And so that was how I opened every morning for three years while I was there at school. Well, today... It is really one of the most beautiful melodic scores of any hymn that is there. And there are tons of verses to go with it. And so I listen to it every morning when I wake up. I've gotten it, I've downloaded it from many different sources, so I've got different versions of it. But it's also, we had a special arrangement of it arranged as the opening and closing music to my podcast. and. So I would just say every morning, you can say to yourself, when morning gilds the skies, in other words, when the sun comes up and the sky's golden for a new day, our heart awakening should cry, may Jesus Christ be praised. You know, the great hymns are packed with deep love, joy, and peace for our lives. 
Do you have peace like a river? Is it well with your soul? Do you say, I surrender all? Do you count your blessings? Why not sing the songs that will live in our hearts forever? Sing to the Lord and listen for his voice because God speaks to you every day. Are you listening to the call? i mm-hmm.